Welcome to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Thanks for joining me today. Now, we are actually live broadcasting this, as we always do, at 11 a.m. Pacific on Sunday. And this happens to be Easter Sunday. So if that is important to you, then happy that day. And then it's also, there is some, uh, I think we're around Passover. I know they don't always, they don't actually perfectly align. They intentionally don't perfectly align. Did you guys know that? That when this holiday was created, it intentionally happened the third Sunday after the equinox. So it would never fall on the 14th and 15th of Nice and which is Passover. All right, I'm on a thing. But anyway, (laughs) just talking about how holidays are actually composed for us. So um, that is what today is. And if that is important to you, then I uh, send all of my love and blessing to you as you celebrate being with your family. That's what a lot of people do and celebrate the, the change of the seasons. So Thanks for joining me, and however way, however you are, you can watch it live on YouTube. It, it actually live streams on my channel, which you can find at youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. Of course, I post other videos there as well. Did you guys know I have a second podcast? I hardly ever mention it on this podcast. It's called Enlightened AF. It is a comedy podcast, but uh, we do talk about, we kind of poke fun at the ego and of ourselves. I have a co-host. His name is Aiden Demarest. Watch out. Aiden's weird. <laughs> right, Kurt? <laughs> Yeah, simply, yeah. (laughs) So you could check out Enlightened Day. Just go find it on a podcast feed. We do also have a YouTube channel, and we live stream there. Uh, Right now, our time slot is Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. All right, one last thing I want to mention to you, my website, trishacarcharm.com. I have actually opened up in my calendar again some one-on-one sessions for the particularly for my intuitive sessions with people but in my people sessions you can also add an animal communication portion and so we do energy healing we do mediumship we do ability assessment we I read your field we I channel a lot it happens a lot of the time so we just do anything that is in your highest good so I welcome you to go check it out just go to my uh, website and find work with me you'll find sessions for humans animals and you also find my Mystic Arts Academy, where I have on-demand programs there, and one that's coming up live, but I'm not going to talk about that right now, because I am tired of hearing me, and I want to hear my guest, who is a transformational musician, a metaphysical counselor. He has a background in audio engineering and um, addiction therapy, and he also has a history as a creative director for Vision Magazine, which is this really awesome magazine, San Diego-based. It's actually a print magazine. They actually print things still, but it's focused on conscious living and spiritual empowerment, and he's been on the show before. Welcome back Patrick Hayes thanks for being here hey wow thank you for having me good to be here (laughs) thank you yes as we remarked before the before the show you have a lovely background you guys have to check it out because you're in Sedona powerful place oh yeah we love Sedona we 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 moved to Maui for a year uh, about nine months ago we moved back because we just love it here so much and you know, if it's competing with Maui, it's got to be an amazing place. <laughs> and neither place disappoints. Both <laughs> very high energy there. Actually, I have a friend, a friend who just visited Sedona, and uh, she came back having and was visiting like power spots and everything. And she came back having in vortices. She came back having really intense deja vu experiences to where mm. she she panicked a little bit, thought she had a neurological disorder, but she <laughs> it evened out. Yeah, <laughs> she balanced out the energy. Yeah, a lot. A lot of people have that kind of experience here. Yeah. And the land is really powerful. Um, all the red rocks have a lot of iron oxide in them. Mm. So it acts kind of like a battery because it gets struck by lightning. One of the more than most places on the planet. I've heard actually it's the place that gets struck by lightning more than anywhere. I'm wow. not sure. I haven't verified that, but it does get struck with a lot of lightning. And so that paired with the iron oxide, it's like walking on a big battery. 
Oh my so there's gosh. Tons of energy, you know, in the, in the land. And that really brings things up for people. So it gets their energy moving and yeah, people have a lot of experiences like that here. So it's physical in addition to metaphysical because we, you know, there are all these vortices, these energetic vortices. Right. Like, uh, the, if you guys have heard me talk a, a lot about Daralanka who channels Bashar and mm-hmm. um, their ship, who is Bashar is a, an Essesanian entity, uh, sixth dimension. I think he's sixth. Oh, he doesn't really claim anything. Anyway, he's a an, uh, benevolent ET helping us and their race, their uh, ship is actually anchored over Bell Rock there in Sedona, as I right. heard him say. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've heard also. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool. So it's intense for sure. And um, I actually just to share with you my gr- well my my husband's grandmother. She uh, passed before we were together, but she was a semi a kind of a famous artist in her day, and she did a lot of painting of the Red Rocks and uh, all mm. through the Pacific. Uh, um, Southwest, I guess it would be. Yeah, but it, especially in Arizona because they are from there. So I guess I have a little bit of a uh, kind of energetic lineage there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of art um, inspiration that came here. In fact, Walt Disney had had a ranch. I guess it's still called the Disney Ranch. Obviously, he's not alive anymore. But um, but you can even see from Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner yes. the influence that he got from Sedona. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of, of, of artistic influence here for sure. Wow, that's cool. Well, anyway, let's get to talking about your work. You are, oh my gosh, I just love your YouTube channel. You guys, you go check out, well, actually, I should say a lot of my listeners have, are already following you. Uh, as I put up the, the promotion for our episode, I got a lot of people saying, oh my gosh, I just started following Patrick, or oh my gosh, I followed him this year, and I'm so excited you guys are going to be talking. So hello to everyone <laughs> who is excited to, to hear Patrick on the show. Um, he's amazing. Oh, by the way, I have to say hello to the Lightworkers Lab, too. That is online spiritual community of which I am a guide and a moderator. Find us on Facebook, join us, and get to expressing yourself. So Patrick, you have so much going on all the time. Um, tell everyone about what you've been working on since we last had you on the show. Music, and you have a wow. course coming up, and yeah, I, I just love everything that you do. Yeah, wow. So when when did we talk? I think we were in Hawaii last time that um, that we spoke. I remember that. I, I think um, it was probably I I, I rem- the one when you and Bridget came on together. His partner is Bridget Nielsen, who, who's amazing. And you guys came on around Valentine's Day of last year, I believe it was. Okay, right. But I don't remember yeah. if you came on before or after that because you were kind of proximate to it. So it's been it's been over a year either way. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, so a lot has happened. Let's see. So we uh, we were in Sedona. I mean, sorry, we were in Maui. And Maui was ex- an extremely um, uh, opening experience for me in the um, in like the presence realm. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of presence work and coming back into balance um Sedona is a little bit more activating in kind of like a uh, get things done kind of energy for me yeah and Hawaii is very much like you could just dissolve into the sand and like melt and so from that experience I I definitely had a lot of personal growth regarding my um my my ability to move into deeper presence and just relax more into my beingness Mm -hmm. that was extremely beneficial for me in um in transcending some of the, uh, the, the deeper, um, subtle tensions that I had in myself just from, you know, traumas in life and growing up as a human. Yeah. So, um, in my own personal path, uh, that was a big step, definitely moving to Hawaii. Um, what I've been working on is let's see. So presently I am working on a new EP. 
so I have a five song album that I should be finished recording here in the next few weeks. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm, uh, I'm pairing with a, a musician called Momentology, mm. who's somebody that I, I worked with on my uh, Souls Recognition track, if you've heard that one. Yep. And um, I've done, we have, let's see, Moon Goddess is another song I did with him. So we're doing a five-song EP, and that's exciting. And I just finished a, a course called Soul Spark, which is a course that is really um, aimed uh, to help people that are having trouble getting started or sparking their soul mm-hmm. and, uh, or feel people that really feel blocked or stuck because, you know, that's something that, um, I really experienced firsthand hand really hardcore. You know, I don't know if any, if, if you guys know my background, I come from a background of heavy drug addiction and, you know, I've been clean for eight years, but, um, you know, it was a theme in my life from a very young child up until my mid twenties. So, um, so having that experience of really being blocked and not being able to move forward in life and not knowing, you know, what it takes to, to step into yourself and actually start having confidence and start being able to take action on your path. Um, I've kind of uh, distilled all of the lessons that I've learned throughout that process and put that in my first course because I feel like um, before I, I start releasing newer courses or any other content that I release to really be able to integrate with that content and activate upon it, um, you'd have to have these kind of prerequisites in place. So I wanted to get that out as my first course. And that's something that's it's out on Teachable. I haven't marketed it yet or promoted it. Uh, I guess while well, I'm promoting it right now, this is the first promotion <laughs> I'm doing for it. But um, so so that's something that um, I just recently put out. And um, and I've really just been focusing on then my YouTube channel and then my personal work. So I've been doing a lot more videos. I've ramped up to three videos a week. And that's been a fun experience to um, to move into. And um and yeah, that's a, that's why I say where I'm at now. We do have a link for the Soul Spark course in the description. However, it is that you're watching or listening, including on the uh, podcast version of this. So if you're lo- listening on iTunes and you are driving to work, when you get to work, pull over and click down into the description, and you'll be able to, uh, you know, follow that link to see the Soul Spark co- course that Patrick has available. That's amazing. What what is the so the Soul Spark is a uh, like, what is the format of it? Like, how is it video? And, you know, what, what is what is the media like? Right. And what is the timing and all that kind of stuff? A little more about that. So, so. it's multimedia. So uh, I have videos, there's, um, let's see, I think about like 11 videos in there. And then there are um, two audio mp3s. Um, one's kind of more motivational, one's more meditative uh, breakthrough mm-hmm. uh, training. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I have text also. So I think it's like uh, it's over three thousand words of of text um, guiding you through it also. So it's it's quite a multimedia experience. Mm, and um, and yeah, you know, I just take I take people through the process that that I've kind of like I said that I've distilled for how to um, you know, develop belief in yourself where maybe you didn't feel like you had belief before, mm. and then um, and then change some core. Um, beliefs regarding our relationship to uh to the things that we want to do in life so creating a relationship towards uh towards work that is actually um beneficial meaning a lot of people shy away from things and they don't necessarily have the desire to earn the things that they that they want so i work a lot with how how to build the desire to actually earn it instead of just get something or have something and then also some practical act uh, actualization tools as far as um, how to organize your life so that you can actually um, have an environment that's supportive of taking action towards the things that you want to take action towards in life. Mm, really powerful stuff. 
Yeah, all of the work that you do, all of the different kind of media that you put forward, your music and your videos, they they definitely have um, a, they have downloads. I mean, they have packages of downloads. Energy. There's like a, a specific kind of programming that is embedded in them. This is. I'm assuming this is a conscious uh, effort. This is like how you you charge it up. You charge up the energy with intention for that kind of download to unfold in the people who connect with it. Definitely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, um, that's always the intention. And sometimes it comes through clearer than other times. Um, it tends to be that, uh, when something's really exciting me, that's when, um, when I know that it's right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it's interesting. We, we get all these different downloads in our life and we learn all these different things. Um, and then sometimes there are these moments when all of a sudden, like your understanding of what you already know becomes clearer and it becomes, uh, communicatable in a, in a new way. And then that new communication is exciting to you. And so I try to capture those moments as best as I can, you know, and that's, and that's really been, uh, you know, honestly a challenge in a lot of ways, um, to or orchestrate my, uh, my video capturing process to really, um, to really bring that through. So how do I do that? You know, I've played with different things and, you know, the new thing I'm going to be trying now is doing a lot more outside videos. And so I'm going to be doing them outside with a, you know, with a handheld camera. And that feels like, uh, you know, an opportunity for me to be able to bring more through because when I'm outside, it seems like that's when it flows the best. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also playing with, you know, when I'm inside bringing it through. So yeah, you know, I set a strong intention and, um, and I try to, um, I try to distill, um, some really practical and useful ways of being able to ingest a bigger download. And, you know, the way I actually talk about it, I think a good way of saying it is that, um, you know, the transmission is the energy. Yeah. And the, the words and the descriptions are like carrier waves for the energy. Mm. And so it's like um, you got to kind of prep the mind space by giving thoughts and metaphors and ideas mm -hmm. that harmonize enough with the vibration that the vibration can make it through. If you don't kind of prep the mind, then it doesn't come through in the same way. What I'm trying to bring through is both a, an emotional energetic transmission as well as something that's intellectually satisfying too. Because if you just have one without the other, it's not the complete package. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, bringing those together, you know, it's a challenge. That's part of it because um, sometimes you get the download and it doesn't always mean that the download is uh, it, the energy is necessarily present every time that you try to go share it. So trying to make it magical and have the, the, the essence be present and coming through as you're bringing the ideas through is definitely a balancing uh, act. But, yeah, it's definitely something that I aim for and intend to do with what I share. Balancing act. And what I hear and what how you just described that, which was eloquent and <laughs> really true. Um, you were saying the download is is the transmission is the energy. Yes, is the transmission. So that to me sounds like that is if we're talking about the triune or the trinity aspect of being mind, body, and spirit. So then the download mm -hmm. would be the spirit. The words you said are like the 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 frequencies or how did you say the words were actually the the words are like a, so I, th I think the, I like, like the I like radio waves carrier waves carrier waves right. so yeah. it's a carrier wave that's so like it's like um the words carry the frequency yeah. and they're, they're, they're kind of like uh, a metaphor of the frequency. Yeah. So, so if you could think of like reality and like people in the reality mm -hmm. being a metaphor for some higher spiritual um, numinous existence. Yeah. Right. And then like the physical world um, has these like 
physical archetypes or artifacts that are kind of like um, representations of this greater energy that exists on a different realm. So words are very much like that also. They're like the body can, is what I was thinking in the triune. Yeah, they're being. like, yeah. in a sense, yeah, they're yeah. like a body, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's like one level down so, or one mm-hmm. level up. So it's like the body for a spiritual uh, truth that comes through in to, to the mental sphere, mm-hmm. you know, but then can also penetrate. So it like exists in several dimensions. Yeah. So, well, there's overlap yeah, always like a, between the, the triune totally. aspects of a complex. It's, it's, there's, you know, it's a, it's a continuum. And then you have the metaphors. You said prep the mind with the metaphors and the stories. So that's then the mind aspect. And I, it actually answered right. when you were, while you were an, say, giving that, it, it answered the question that I was going to ask about because essentially, like you're saying, download is channeling when you're presenting with speech, you are channeling. And so sometimes, channels and channeling situations having the body and the mind all coalesce is sort of the the balance (laughs) you know so I love that you say prep the mind with the metaphors and because that'll help that those are just some tools that then become available but those also become available during the in the moment as well as you're presenting yes yeah yeah definitely and honestly that's when a lot of the magic comes through is Mm -hmm. that when things you hadn't necessarily planned on saying and I mean, you, you plan on bringing something through that is in theme with what you intended, mm-hmm. but then the, a specific metaphor, specific angle of it comes through and you can feel that like this was inspired mm-hmm. and it came through in a certain way that really lights it up um, in a way that really can't be brought through outside of spontaneity. Um, yeah. So yeah, you, you appreciate when that happens, definitely. I, well, when I, when I prep for a class, I do an outline and no matter how thorough I make that outline it's like 40 to 50 percent of it is still you could say channeled or improvised or you know spontaneously in the presence it comes through and not only that but sometimes it feels like I feel like oh that just came through fresh and then I looked down at my my outline I was like oh it was in my outline (laughs) I forgot (laughs) because you become so present that you forget you know the planning on either side of it and I heard I heard Marianne Williamson say and actually this little class that I took from her called teaching the teachers or teach teaching for teachers, something like that. And she talked about how that we, she says like a jazz musician has practiced his riffs over and over. And then, and that's what that, like, that's that prepping the mind with the metaphors and the stories. But then when you get up and to present or to play your, you know, the the craft, then you, you've practiced your riffs. You have a a lexicon basically that you're studied in, you're a scholar in, but then you kind of let it rip and you have to become present. And then that's when it, that's the download in act, that's in activity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's really important because um, I think that that's something that uh, sometimes is not fully understood or honored sometimes Mm -hmm. in the conscious community in the sense that um, there's so much of a focus on flow. It's always like, well, just in the flow and you flow everything and it's all spontaneous and it's all off the top of the head. And like, that's all good and right. Like we should definitely focus on flow. But then there's also foundation building that's necessary in order for that flow to um, to truly be able to reach its higher potentials. And you just mentioned that when you talked about the musicians, right? Mm-hmm. So if the musician hadn't spent hours practicing, you know, the scales on their guitar, they're not going to be able to improvise and play their the, the music um, in the flow. Like they had to actually build that foundation first. And this is actually what I go into in the course a lot is that, um, you know, if you want to bring a a certain aspect of your 
you know, divine consciousness forward and express it into the physical world. Well, the way that this time space matrix works is that you have to learn how to operate in the physical world, right? You can't dance until you learn how to walk. You can't speak until you learn the language. So you have to actually go through that learning process, which is not always as flowing as you would like it to be. But the more that you do that, you go through that process of putting in effort and doing the work, then the more you build an infrastructure and a foundation for you to be able to move into the flow. So um, and very much like, you know, becoming a true expressor of your, um, you know, transcendent nature is really learning um, in those domains in which you want to express how to become fluent so that you become like Jimi Hendrix on the guitar. It's an extension of your body. And then you can just flow out your expression in the moment because you've trained yourself to do that. I wrote down, as before you said it, I wrote down transcendence is not escape. And you said your transcendent nature. Yeah, that that feeling of wanting to either escape or bypass. But what what really is being called for is transcendence, which means to fully alchemize, to fully integrate uh, in order Mm. to transcend. But it's not escaping. You know, when you start to, when you have an awakening moment and you feel the let's say a a higher conscious energy that you had been you know limited from then there is this tendency sometimes not always but sometimes to want to then just be there and not have to like leave behind that which you kind of blame for having created the limitation but it's actually always just you so that's why you can't (laughs) there's no escape right yeah yeah you know you got to jump into it you Mm got to really be willing to um to, to do the work, you know, and that's, that's what I think is, um, you know, that's something I keep circling around to, um, is, is self-responsibility because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, there's so much to learn here. There's so much to be done on this planet. And, um, and it really requires us to get our hands dirty sometimes and actually just get in there and being like, listen, like, I don't know what's going on here. As tempting as it is to just escape into the bliss realms of the non-physical, um, that's not what, what I feel like, at least for my path, I won't speak for anyone else, but I feel like, you know, we're here for a reason Mm -hmm. and it's important for us to, to learn how to take those bliss experiences and then actually bring them into the physical world. Right. It's like, we want to birth heaven onto earth, not escape earth into heaven. Right. That'll just happen. That happens naturally when the body expires. (laughs) That's when you're going to actually escape (laughs) or, you know, leave behind. That's when you actually fully transmute the entire physical experience. That is, um, but I feel like there is a balance, obviously, there's always a balance, but there's a balance point between that, which you mentioned that it's all about flow and not prep, doing the preparation and not actually, as I, the way that I said it was like, having some scholarship that's behind it but then there's also the on the other side of it the is to be not taking action you know to be in a constant state of waiting to exhale i think and i imagine that's something that you address in the soul spark course too is to at some point you do need to start taking action in order for that component to begin to be a part of it completely Completely. You know, when you say that, what what first came to mind was this idea of uh, the term proactive procrastination, <laughs> which I feel like is like a really um, a common thing. And this was definitely a sticking point for me, you know, at times. And I got to stay on top of it, too. But yes. So it's like at a certain point, um, action is the next step you need to take for your own growth. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is that, like, actually facing the fears that you have and, and moving into it. And, um, you know, we, we can 
come up with all these really clever uh, escapes from taking action. Things like, um, well, I'm going to read another book on the subject, or I am going to uh, just go meditate this issue away. And um, all those things are good. But again, like you said, it's all about balance, right? So, um, you know, you could read another book on how to speak publicly, or you could go speak publicly and guaranteed you're going to learn a lot more in the process of the latter than you are of the prior. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and you, you, you already started to mention self-responsibility. I feel that all of this speaks to self-responsibility, actually allowing yourself to the your ability to respond to what is what 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 it is for you to be able to to offer the world how is the self responsibility and, and what have you been speaking of that maybe in your videos about how to be heighten your responsibility with yourself totally well i think one of the first things that's really important for for us is the idea of um of de-victimizing ourselves mm-hmm. so um you know victimization is one of the most insidious forms of of, uh, of a lack of self-responsibility, whereas we can't take control over our lives or take responsibility for ourselves because we're the victim of some other circumstance or some other person. So, and that's, you know, a relatively common uh, topic, uh, but rightfully so, because um, it's still rampant in the world. Um, everyone's a victim of something. And, you know, from a factual sense, you can say like, yeah, vic- victims do exist, mm-hmm. you know, but from a subjective space as an individual, as long as you're looking at the world through a victimized perspective, then you're, you're disempowering yourself. It's not until you decide, well, regardless of whose fault it is, it's still my responsibility to overcome this hardship. Then you're always going to be blaming someone else or hoping that whoever's fault it was will clean up the mess, Mm. but you can't depend on other people to clean up their mess. Even if the mess gets on you, you have to take responsibility for yourself. So self-responsibility really very much is the first step. So like, how do you empower yourself um, through your perspectives of realizing that, listen, um, regardless of what happened to me, it's my responsibility to clean up. It's my responsibility to take care of myself, no matter what my wounds are or who's at fault for them. I'm the one that needs to dig myself out of this. And that then gives you the power and then believing that you can, right? But then that gives you the power to start taking action in your life to make it a better life. And um, from that point, then you can start developing sovereignty. And I, mm-hmm. and I like sovereignty in, um, I like the definition that was given by a person named Jordan Hall. And um, it was basically, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's, it's basically your, your, your sense-making ability and then your ability to make good decisions in life. So it would be um, your ability to perceive your reality clearly without biases or judgments uh, clouding your perceptions. Then your ability to take the information in and make sense of that information. And then from the sense that you've made of that to be able to make a good decision about what you're going to do with that information. And then the agency to carry out that good decision and make it a reality or, um, or you know, complete whatever uh, goal that you had decided to carry out. And that, in a sense, is uh, the definition of sovereignty. Mm. And so, but before you can start actually doing that, you need to de-victimize yourself. So de-victimize yourself, create sovereignty within yourself. And then I think the next step, especially as we're moving towards, uh, you know, a, a new earth or creating a more harmonious planet, is then taking that sovereignty and then uniting with other sovereign people to then 
be more of like a collective intelligence and a collective action based community that is working towards goals that require collectives of people to achieve. That's powerful. Yes, absolutely. And that, uh, I love I, I I use sovereignty a lot too, and you know, with the, the metaphysical perspective, we see that everything energy is just I mean, it's just literal. You know, you only experience that with which you have a like frequency, and it can be difficult for us to kind of work through the stuff that happened when we were children because it's really kind of hard to take responsibility for because you literally couldn't. You know, you literally, as a in the the literal sense of being physical, you can't. You can't control what happened to you because you were physically uh, underdeveloped, and so you had to be in that experience. So then, it, I think then for me, it helps to expand out and then think about the eternal nature of the soul and the whole idea of actually cre- having a choice before you come here. So there's a reason, there's a there's a facility, there's a lesson, there's a benefit there that you can work through. Or like you said, it doesn't really matter at this, at this point. That is in the past. If you're an adult now, then that's that's something from this linear perspective it's in the past it doesn't exist anymore except for you creating it in your own um, facility to respond to it continually you're recreating it so then yeah I I think it I just recently did some of that work I guess you would call you a lot of people call it shadow work where I kind of looked at some of the victimhood of my family literally it it took me back to my mother's victimhood because that belief system and that um, response was then fed into me and I just sat with it for a while all of that pain and all of that you know the really kind of dark stuff I and some crazy stuff started to happen in my life like immediately if again from a linear perspective seemingly unrelated but it wasn't because it shifted my vibration my the frequency I was putting out about how safe this world is by shifting stuff by sitting with my mother's abuse it's kind of weird but it really is it really works so um, that's uh, that is uh, something I'm sure the self responsibility really go you go into that in the Soul Spark course too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, do, I I touch it from different angles. You know, when you talk about that, it makes me think of the idea of um, of of you know reframing and empowered mm-hmm. reframing, and yeah. and that that you know there's a lot of really ugly, terrible stuff that happens in the world, and there's a lot of you know trauma. Um, but ultimately. We are strong enough to overcome that. And in fact, it's the overcoming of these traumas that builds the character and builds the strength within us that um, that that creates the kind of um, people that we wouldn't have been able to become had we not gone through it. So it's like um, from that perspective, you can start being grateful for it. And it's this weird thing because it's like who wants to be grateful for like this terrible thing to happen? But at the same time, it's like I'll speak from my experience with drug addiction. You know, if I hadn't been through that experience, then I wouldn't have grown in so many different ways. So it's like, yeah, the things are bad and you don't wish them upon someone. But when it does happen, it's actually that is what what starts um inspiring your growth Mm. and you know there's there's different responses you can fold under from it and you can be a victim for the rest of your life or you can choose to somehow alchemize that into your favor and become a stronger person because of it anything that if you ask anybody in their life that's overcome a hardship and if they truly overcome it they'll tell you the nugget of, of wisdom that they've learned from that and then because they've overcome that they have the capacity to help other people they might be going through it so there's a lot of good that comes from overcoming hardship. And so reframing your relationship to it is um, is a primary aspect of being able to 
well, one, overcome victimization, but then also develop a healthy enough perspective of life that you can roll with the punches and then um, and, and continue to grow and evolve in the face of hardship. Self-responsibility is a direct way to experience transformation, which then facilitates you to be in planetary service. This is the and this is the the theme that you that you wanted to discuss here. This is what I'm feeling and seeing. Is that is that how you experience it? Yeah. Well, you know, to truly be of service to the planet, you have to be of service to yourself, mm-hmm. and so you have to take responsibility for yourself. Right. And um, you know, I. I find as much as like I really enjoy uh, how this connects metaphysically, it, it actually boils down to something that's really just basically simple, right? Mm-hmm. It's like take responsibility for yourself and take action on um, on on improving your life and improving the life of the people around you. And I feel like sometimes we can avoid that a bit because it's more exciting to talk about um, you know aliens and and like spirit guides. Not that there's not a place for it within self responsibility, mm-hmm. but I think that. Um, you know, when it's used to the level when that that discussion becomes a, a level of escapism is um, is what keeps us was what's keeping us stagnant right now. I feel like there's so many people that have so many blessings, so many gifts to give to the world. Um, and they have so many bright, high vibrations and new, like cool, introspective, like thoughts to share. Yet they're um, they're not seeing like, how can I practically apply this? in the world in a way that helps the people around me. It's still kind of a little bit more self-centered or a little bit more escapist. And so um, I really just, you know, I keep finding myself wanting to come back to, yeah, how can we unite as collective groups and take responsibility so that we can like look at a lot of the issues that are going on. You know, I feel like a lot of the, the philosophies regarding um, certain like multidimensional timeline uh, theories, um, in a way can be misinterpreted in which people think, well, all I need to do is kind of go in my room and stay in a high vibe. And that that is going to put me in a reality that's like harmonious. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm saying, I don't know that hundred percent for sure. And it doesn't seem like segregating yourself from other people that are of a lower vibration or of a different vibration and just focusing on a high vibration without taking tangible action in the world to shift things is actually going to help the planet evolve. Wow, that's true. That is so powerful. That escapism, it's its so, it, we have to keep our eye on it all the time, you know. And, and by the way, so we're going to take a break here. Speaking of getting together with, <laughs> actually, I should say the antithesis of trying to escape people who are of low vibe, I'm going <laughs> to, we have a short little message about how to get together with people of a high vibe to be able to change. Nice. Hi everyone, it's Trisha Carr. If this is your first time connecting with my work, it's so nice to meet you. I'm a medium animal communicator. I have this podcast called Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. I love helping people connect with their own magic. I love helping people awaken to the multidimensional experience of the universe. I have an upcoming series of workshops, Journey with Your Multidimensional Spirit Guides. I will teach about the benevolent energies and guides that exist in our layered dimensional experience and then lead everyone in a meditative journey to go into these realms and then meet the very beings who are on your spirit team. We have three different workshops. They all stand alone, but you could take one or you could take all three. The higher cosmos, the star beings, the archangelic. We're going into the inner planes of the earth and Mother Gaia, nature spirits, elementals. Yes, I'm talking about fairies. And we're even gonna talk about unicorns and dragons. The manifesting plane and the heart and soul. 
parallel selves, future selves, timeline work, telepathy, you guys, we're going deep. Journey with your multidimensional spirit guides are all live streamed workshops, so you can join from anywhere. You can also join in person here in Los Angeles. Space is limited for the local attendees. Every workshop is interactive and we'll have question and answer sessions. When we come together in this way, we just expand so much. You can find in the post below the link to read all about it, including the class agenda and a way to register your spot. I'll see you guys soon. And we're back with Patrick Hayes, transformational musician and metaphysical counselor. We've been talking about so many things, including his Soul Spark course, how to take self-responsibility, how to transform, and how to be of service to the planet. And Patrick, you, you have a couple of videos that are really pretty recent in the, the top of your recent feed on your YouTube channel. One is about raising your vibration, and I just love that. You talk about relaxing into the into situations, events, and activities so that you can focus your chi and your prana. I love this. Mm. It's, it's a, and you're talking about the paradox, which has been a huge message for me right now. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's a really powerful lesson to share. Definitely, yeah. So in that video, I was talking about the paradox between um, – the paradox of intensity and relaxation mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, the, the best metaphor that I can bring forward to speak about this is martial arts. This is something I have experience with. Um, and, and it just makes a lot of sense through that, um, through that lens. And that's the idea that, you know, if you're practicing martial arts, um, there's yin and yang, yin and yang, as you mm -hmm. probably know. And the yang is the intense energy and the yin is the relaxed energy. Um, or you could say more, uh, like aggressive and then more passive. Mm -hmm. And, um, what you find and what you're taught in martial arts is that, uh, in order to actually bring the, the, the strongest yang, the most intensity, you have to relax into your movements. And so the more relaxed you are, actually, the more you can channel the chi or prana or life force energy through your movements. Um, so actually the more explosive your movements become and this this philosophy carries over into everything that we do. And as you notice um, in yourself, probably the more relaxed you are um, when you're, when you do get excited and you do bring intensity, the more it actually flows out. Whereas if you start um, restricting yourself when your excitement comes forward and you become tense, then less of it can flow forward. I mean, it's, it's like a hose when there's kinks in the hose, the water can't flow through it. Mm -hmm. So the idea is you have to relax the hose so there's no kinks in it and turn the water pressure up at the same time. And then that becomes the balance of the two different sides of, you know, relaxation and intensity. And, um, and this is hyper important because naturally it's like the instinct when you start getting into more of a, uh, uh trying situation is to tense up, but that's actually the time in which you need more focus and you need more of your presence energy to help you navigate. So it's, it's like training yourself to move in the other direction so that when things get intense, you actually relax more and then you can be more present and you can bring more energy through because more energy is needed in that moment. Mm -hmm. well, one thing I, I heard in that was that y'all host got to relax. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it reminded like me. That. <laughs> it re reminded me of, so I have a background in acting and when you, you know, you're backstage as a stage actor, you're backstage and you're, you know, kind of visiting the lines and visiting the character and there's all of this spinning, spinning, but right before you go on in order to bring in the character, it's very much like 
channeling or, or, you know, doing an intuitive reading that I now do. But you have to completely relax. And it's a moment of surrender, that relaxation, that deep relaxation is. And surrender, is this something you've been talking about? Surrender, surrendering to that, I guess, surrendering to the life force energy, surrendering to the chi. That's so that it actually comes in balance. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, there's a lot of dynamics to that, right? Mm -hmm. So surrender is... um, um, there for for true surrender and to the flow of the life force energy does require a lot of inner alignment right mm-hmm. so that's another thing mm-hmm. you know like and, and this comes back to martial arts you can understand it in the physical form if you don't have the right posture then the energy is not going to flow right and if you're actually bringing a lot of energy through with the wrong posture you break a limb in in while punching because you have so much energy coming through but the posture is incorrect so this works also emotionally too so um you know, to, to be able to surrender in to a particular um, expression, it does require you to do your personal work so that your beliefs and your thoughts and your emotions are in alignment with your actions. And then you can really surrender into the action because there's not resistance or there's not a, uh, a perversion of energy like pulling you in different directions. So, um, so yeah, very much, I, I like the term surrender. Mm-hmm. Now, surrender is a term that, uh, that does, I feel like, describe it really well. Though it's something that if you're working with indigenous um, people, um, you, you might want to use the term letting go. They don't like that term typically surrender very much because mm. it's like the warrior doesn't surrender. You know, the warrior stays, you know, ah. stays steadfast. Um, so so there's letting go. And, you know, and this is part of communication in general. You, you learn how to communicate with different people. But, yeah, I feel like surrender is very much um, you want to surrender into your alignment. And mm-hmm. so it's also like understanding what your alignment is and bringing it into 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 balance. So, you know, the mental sphere, the heart sphere and then the will center. Right. Mm-hmm. These three centers are recognized across all different metaphysical uh, cultures and, and, and wisdom traditions. Right. So having your mental space balanced. Right. Having that in alignment with your heart and your heart in alignment with your mind and then having your will center and your actions in alignment with that with with all three. And when those things are aligned up it really becomes a lot easier for you to surrender into whatever it is that you're doing because you're not being pulled um, by different forces in different directions. Integration, yes, in order for there to be that proper flow. And you actually, and you have, it's really amazing to me, surrender has been uh, something that I've been a, a meditative experience, you know, working throughout my day. The paradox has been something that has been a, working through my experience too in, in my being actually did this I'm still about I'm about I'm wrapping it up in like one more month of this one particular ongoing series of classes that is is a you know becoming a book and it's archangels and universal laws so I connect with the mm-hmm. archetypal energy of an archangel and ask about a universal law and the very first one I did was archangel michael and the law of one and there was so much in that about the paradox because mm. it was like like holding the paradox, being able to be in that place actually puts you in a position of neutrality and power and mm-hmm. and just again being present because it is true that that there is no such thing as time. And it is true that you are a time-oriented being. You know what I mean? Like both of those things are true. Mm-hmm. And being Absolutely. able to relax into the paradox is the place right. where real presence is. This is huge. Mm-hmm. This is huge because black and white thinking is yes. one of the, the major destroyers of mm-hmm. our power, you know, and like mm-hmm. I said, back to the yin and yang, it's like you need to bring both of them together. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the power is. I mean, you take a, you know, a, an electrical circuit, 
You have the positive and the negative. The ener- the current doesn't flow without both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you need both of them present. So the idea is to find that connection point between the two and then harness that connection point. And through the connection point of the, the positive and the, and the negative, you, you is where the power actually lies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and this goes back even to Rudolf Steiner's teachings with the Luciferic and Aramonic, right? There's mm-hmm. the two different sides of the tree of life. And to come down the center path of the tree of life, you need to harmonize um, the two polarities. And that's actually what boosts you forward. So paradoxes, I think this is something that we're really exploring deeply here in this time space physical reality is because it's, it's the, it's what's tricky is that in the physical world, um, because we're in a time space matrix, we experience, um, different polarities at different times. And because we experience them at different times, and it's such a different, um, a different kind of feeling frequency being on the other side of the, uh, frequency, uh, uh, bandwidth that it feels like it's separate. Mm-hmm. So it's like you feel this one energy and you feel it, you know, for, you know, an hour and a half and then it goes away and then you don't feel the other side of the polarity till, you know, two days later. And so you think they're separate things, but they're actually on the same spectrum. Right. You're just on a different like end of that spectrum and realizing that it's the same spectrum and then being able to work with it as one is where you really bring the power from that whole spectrum into your harnessed, uh, field yes you know and in and in even in physical reality or you know like atoms the the energy that is contained we have positive energy negative energy and neutral energy i mean that that's just that's just how that's just how this experience is that and those are those are expressions or at least our observation of somehow physical and non-physical energy and so it's, it's that observation position it's that place of I, I, I've yesterday I was all day long um, my meditation started and it was the guidance was about being able to be in either the positive or the neutral energy but the neutral energy suffices and essentially the message that I was walking around with all day long trying to embody was point my neutral energy point a neutral kind of experience to anything and it will fall into alignment and that's a kind of for me, it again, right. it felt like surrender. It felt like coming present and right. being the seer or being right. source energy, basically being one from that perspective, not being source energy that, that offends some people. But you know what I mean? I am source energy and so are you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Well, it's until you're neutral, you can't really yeah. see things clearly, right? Because yeah. you're, you're projecting some sort of um, some sort of thing upon it, right? So mm-hmm. the idea is that if you want to be a transformer for the you know, when you say the good, mm-hmm. um, we're getting into the neutral talk, then you start, it's like touchy when you start talking about good and bad. But if you want to bring, say, like more upliftment and more life to uh, nurturing to life in the world, as opposed to death and destruction, then what you, you'd have to look at whatever the situation is neutrally, so that you're not um, imprinting your own bias upon it. And then from that neutral observation, then you can choose to say, okay, well, I can harmonize um, with whatever it is, and to then bring it from where it is to another space. So to be a creator, you have to see clearly, which requires neutrality. And I like the term love neutral, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you're, you're neutral, but you're love. And if you actually think about what unconditional love is, is that um, unconditional love is like, well, if you love everything equally, then it's like super high vibe. Mm-hmm. Because you're not like, well, I love this versus that. And you're not like up and down, left and right. You're you're neutral with it. You're like, I'm neutral because everything is like, in a sense, equal. But I love everything. And then the amplification of the energy gets really high at that point. So love neutral is a term that um, you know, I have friends that use. And I, and I really like that one because it's um, 
you know, it, it encompasses neutrality, but then it also encompasses bringing that that love force of goodness. And I feel like when we talk about something like unconditional love, this is something where it actually starts to move beyond the span of, um, of polarity. So like unconditional mm-hmm. love doesn't have a polarity. You can say love and hate has polarity, but unconditional love, there's like, there's no opposite to it. That is, that is like the, the creative force behind everything. That's beautiful. And it's neutrality also. Yeah, love neutral. Well, also because language starts to pick up energy, like basically like thought form energy and, you know, the limits that we can sometimes feel limited by language. And I, I like to talk about how I redeem certain words because there's only so many if I, <laughs> that we all kind of collectively agreed to use in particular sets of language. So love neutral is kind of a way to reframe and redeem the concept of unconditional love because we hear unconditional love and we don't know what that right. means anymore because it has so much charge into it about things. It just becomes like it, it's lost its power. So love neutral, yeah. that's, that's a really great reframe. I like that a lot. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so one, uh, oh man, I, we're just about out of time. I really wanted to talk about the the video that you have about the seven skills for the new earth. I don't know if, I, if that's exactly the name of it, but that's what I, my takeaway was. You talk about many of these things. So what's the name of that video? It's not, it's one of your more recent videos. Yeah. I, um, seven skills for something it's, like that. <laughs> yeah, it's seven, seven skills for the future of humanity, I okay. believe is what I called it. Yeah, yeah. great, great. Yeah. Well, we and, have, um, go ahead, please. And my focus on that was like, I, I was kind of, um, I've been going through, well, what is it that like, what are some meta skills? Mm-hmm. And by meta skill, what I mean is a skill that gives rise to other skills that are necessary. What are some meta skills that, um, that, that humans really need right now? Um, because, you know, there's so much chaos in the world and things are moving so fast and how do you keep up with that? And, um, you know, and then you look at media and, and all that's going on with media. And so I wanted to create a video that was like, okay, here are some core things that we can maybe start focusing on that's actually going to, to prepare us more for the future than just trying to get good at technology or just trying to master the newest, um, like trendy skill that people, um, that, that's useful in the world. Because as we know, I mean, with, with computer technology and, and AI and all this, like human skills very might well be obsoleted. A lot of human skills might be obsoleted relatively soon. Mm -hmm. So then what skills do we actually need? And then also, this is also oriented more towards the idea of sovereignty, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of these skills that I brought up, one being presence, and I don't know if I remember them off the top of my head, one being presence, one being um, uh, the ability to be adaptable, one, um, you might be able to help me with some of the other ones. But yeah, I have them written down, focus. Yeah, and the third one was focus and attention span. Mm -hmm. Right focus and attention span, like all these kinds of things. Like, um, I mean, in a world that's this chaotic and with things happening this quickly, what skills do we actually need to be able to make sense of our reality and then, and, and hold on to our sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So when, when there's too much information coming forward for you to make sense of, like, what do you do at that point? Well, typically a lot of people will start trying to use old tools in order to make sense of things that, that are so novel that their old tools don't work. And so this requires to to a certain degree, a certain amount of humility where you can be like, listen, I don't know what's going on. But then like the willingness to sit with uh, they call it um, beginner's mind Mm -hmm. and just be being willing to like look at the patterns that are going on until you start noticing some consistencies in the signal. So you can be like, okay, this is something that's going on and this is something that's going on without trying to label it right away and 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 have the humility to start making sense of your reality. Um, 
um, from from a humble space. And, um, you know and so, what? yeah, you know, that video... Oh, I just wanted to say what's really interesting that that kind of sparked was a beginner's mind is not giving up your sovereignty. And that's sometimes I think that I think that's a paradox to go into something. Let's just take an example of a program or a course or a book and to put down your projection and have a beginner's mind. But you still hold your sovereignty. And so that's a kind of paradox to (laughs) hold, actually. Right. (laughs) It's a deepening experience. In in fact, in fact, being willing to admit that you don't know anything about something Mm -hmm. is an extreme quality of sovereignty Mm -hmm. because you're in much more of a powerful position by admitting that you don't know than trying to convince yourself that you do know because the only thing worse than not knowing is thinking you know when you don't. (laughs) Again, another paradox. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we are are properly out of time now, Patrick. So you can find Patrick at patrickhays.com. And and if you, again, look in the description, you have access to Patrick's music, the Soul Spark course. And um, is there any any last thing you want to tell folks about how they can connect with you or, uh, you know, what you have on your heart and mind at this time? Yeah, well, you can just keep your uh, eyes and ears open. I have um, some music that's going to be coming out soon. Um, you can check out the course if you're uh, if interested in more on that. And then um, you can find me at Patrick Hayes Live on YouTube. Cool. And that's where I'm putting most of my content out. So thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Really, you just, you just bless me so much, you and Bridget. And I just love you guys. And I appreciate the work that you do. It really is powerful. And thank Beautiful. you. Thanks, Trisha. Thank you all for joining us. I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Mm-hmm.